1: Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 15, and we're recording on December 15th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Sharifa Williams, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. How is it going, Sharifa? It's going well, and I had to tell you, I had to update you that I
0: read Forest of a Thousand Lanterns. (laughs) Did you like it? I did like it. Oh my goodness, though. (laughs) I was like, I was struggling with the Shifung...
1: Oh my goodness, chiffon she girl! She's uh, like really, she's really kind of unlikable. You're like, yeah. wow, <laughs> you're a jerk! Like you're such a jerk. <laughs> I know, but the payoff was so yes. worth it. And now, oh, good.
0: Now I'm just like, I cannot believe. I have to wait for the next book and this was one of those oh. situations where I was like just give me a little nibble just just tell me
1: like what's coming cuz I know it's going to be good. So thank you for awesome. that recommendation.
0: I loved it. Oh,
1: I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um. Well, that just makes my day. It's also snowing here, and I'm inside and don't have to go outside. So, like, that's it feels wonderful. very, like, winter cozy here. <laughs> I've been a little
0: bit jealous of all the photos I've been seeing of people in their winter wonderlands because it just gets I mean, rainy
1: here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's worse. I went out what last weekend. It snowed here, and I was out because I had, like, plans with a friend, Um, and it was, like, wet snow oh. and so it was like you were getting rained on but snowed on and it was cold and i was like this is horrible okay that does not that sounds worse than just plain rain it's yeah, like it's not great
0: it's the kind that <laughs> sticks
1: yes yeah yeah so so it's a mixed bag is what i will say about that yeah the winter wonderland like comes with costs It'll be nice when we can
0: be, you know, when we can not go anywhere and not do anything, drink hot cocoa, and turn up the heater all the way, which I've been doing, like, yes. since before winter began, so yeah. I'm a little ashamed.
1: <laughs> no, no, same.
0: same. Um, so why don't we start out, I'll tell us about our first sponsor, mm-hmm. um, and our first sponsor is a Book that looks so beautiful. I got it in the mail and I haven't read it. It's Language of Thorns by Leigh Bardugo. I'm sure everybody knows who Leigh Bardugo is. Um, she's the number one New York Times bestselling author and fantasy powerhouse. And this is a new set of adventures in the Grishaverse. Um, and the story, or the stories rather, are inspired by myth, fairy tale, and folklore. And it's basically that Leigh Bardugo has crafted a deliciously atmospheric collection of short stories filled with betrayals, revenge, sacrifice, and love. It's perfect for new readers and dedicated fans. The lavishly illustrated tales in the language of thorns will transport you to lands both familiar and strange, to a fully realized world of dangerous magic that millions have visited through the novels of the Grishaverse. And it looks like a fantastic read. It looks like the perfect read for this time of year and this season because it's very, like, fairy tale looking and beautiful. And you know, Leigh Bardugo's language is so fantastic. So, again, that was Language of Thorns by Leigh Bardugo. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right.
1: We have so much good news to talk about yeah. today. What do I want to start with? I think I want to start with that Shirat rot is coming Yay! back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because we haven't talked about it. If you grew up watching the cartoons the way I did. Absolutely.
0: I absolutely watched the cartoons and now it's going to be rebooted, which is yeah. super exciting.
1: It's so exciting. We definitely were like, we would watch He-Man and then we would watch She-Ra and like it was, and you know, and Thundercats was in there somewhere too. Like those were the cartoons of my childhood and the best part of that of this news, because She-Ra could be very bad. Like I, I have not <laughs> gone back to watch Don't it because I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it will not hold up, but the exciting thing is that, um, Netflix and DreamWorks are putting it out, and the showrunner is going to be Noel Stevenson, who was the co-creator of Lumberjanes and, like, the author and illustrator of Nimona. Like, I cannot handle this news. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, this is a joke, right? Like, the internet is trolling me with, like, something good so that it can take it away from me and be like, haha, just kidding. <laughs> like, I really cannot imagine... If you had asked me, like, what person from comics would I want to run a Shira ra reboot? Like, I wouldn't have even dreamed of thinking of Noelle Stevenson just because it would be too perfect. So I am... Super excited about this! Like, just so excited. Yeah, I saw you arm
0: flailing on the contributor back channel, and I oh was my like, gosh,
1: <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> it's like, is this real life? Like, what on earth? Um, so like, my excitement is so high that like, if if it's even just fine, like the crash is going to be ugly. <laughs> but um, I'm I am super excited for this. Um, Dreamwork, yeah, Dreamworks and Netflix are doing a bunch of stuff they're doing there's a trolls show um there's boss baby and captain underpants and like troll hunters and a bunch of other stuff but nothing quite tickles the nostalgia you know uh, funny bone like she-ra for me and so yeah i'm I will be looking forward to this quite a lot.
0: I feel the same way. Like, I remember She-Ra was like a breath of fresh air just because I would usually have to watch He-Man before. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, there was limited television at that time Mm -hmm. back in, you know, (laughs) the Cretaceous era. But, like, and I loved Nimona. I have not read Lumberjanes, which is kind of shocking. But I read Nimona and I was... I I just love that book so much. I think I let out a primal cry when I got to the end of the graphic <laughs> novel cuz I was like more more more. And so Noel Stevenson is like she's legit and I I know uh, this might be putting my faith in things ahead of it, but I I feel like she's a really good person to run with this reboot and do something really interesting with it. And so mm-hmm. I'm just really curious about where she's going to take it because it was like, you know, she write is pretty not contemporary and a little bit like no. and cheesy like last night i did not watch i did not go back and watch the whole show but i was like watching the intro just to like jog my childhood mm-hmm. memories and i was like bouncing in my seat snapping my fingers <laughs> to that bad 70s dubbed over track it was so <laughs> it was so bad She-ra, princess of
1: power <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, Lord.
0: It's going to be fun. I, I'm really glad it's coming to Netflix, too, because that's basically how I watch all of my TV. Yeah. And I don't want this to be out of my realm of access. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Same. Yeah. So that's really exciting. I'm totally with you. And I can't wait to see it and for us to talk about it when it comes out. I didn't see it was. I think it's coming out, like, 2018. So. Who knows? Yeah, there wasn't
1: really much of a a date specific update, but I'll just like be sitting here waiting. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs)
0: Uh, Me too. Um, uh, Let's talk about. Oh, I definitely want to talk about this Harry Potter game. Yes. So we were talking about that other Harry Potter game that's going to come out from Niantic for the the Mm -hmm. Pokemon Go creators. Now there's another Harry Potter game coming out. It's a Hogwarts Mystery Mobile game, which is launching in 2018. And this is different. I mean, I was joking about... Playing the Pokemon Go version, the Niantic version, and I probably would have a couple times and then sort of forgotten it, but I see myself legitimately losing hours of my life to this. So <laughs> what it is is that it's a mobile game for Harry Potter, and it's different in that it's an RPG game, and you get to make your own character to live in this wizarding world and do things and bumble around in the Wizarding World, so it's more like freewheeling than the Pokemon Go. It's not like, you know, you're trying to collect fantastic beasts or anything like that. You're just living in the Wizarding World with this character you create. And... I have a weakness for these games. So when I saw this, I was like, maybe I should just ignore it and pretend this isn't happening because I don't <laughs> want my entire life. I lost 3 years of my life to World of Warcraft. <laughs> because you get to make your character and you get to run around in this, you know, fantastic world. Now that's the wizarding world. I I can't trust myself.
1: <laughs> I don't know. What do well, you think? What if it's a what if it's a very specific storyline? Like what if it's um well Zelda's is a bad example because now you can just mess around. Oh yeah, that's Zelda. dangerous. But like what if it's more like like a Mario level where like it's a real clear progression of like would that appeal to you less or more?
0: Actually, that would appeal to me more nowadays because then mm-hmm. I would actually if there's a sort of a conclusion or an okay I've reached I've leveled up as far as I can level up I would. Mm-hmm. I would probably be okay with that in terms of, like, how much of my time I lose. But <laughs> <laughs> but if there's no clear end to the game and if, like, you can't finish at any point or feel like right. you've gotten to a certain level, I just... I don't know. I mean, I... I, We'll never see you again. I know. I
1: can't not play this game, though. (laughs) I'm... You know, it's funny. I can't put any more things on my phone. Like, I'm out of room. Oh, wow. So, but I do have an iPad. So, like, I am not safe. I'm not safe. Um, I don't know. It will depend on how the gameplay works. So, I am really bad at first-person shooters. Like, I'm just terrible. Same. At, I'm just not good at them. So like Mist and Riven were always sort of more my jam or turn-based uh, RPGs like um, Final Fantasy. I loved the Final Fantasies. So it really, really for me depends on how the gameplay is set up. Like how hard is it for me to navigate the world? And I am not not like it's going to be hard, but I'm just not good at navigating things if it's really precise in the way that you have to do it. So yeah. we'll see. I think... I am I think I actually am more inclined to play something like this and then the Wizards Unite uh, AR because AR right augmented reality yeah. is tricky like that's when you walk into you know s- street lights and, yeah. and hydrants and into traffic <laughs> like because you're not paying attention you're trying not to good. catch the whatever um, so this one is probably like physically safer for me <laughs> I will definitely try it we'll see we'll see I'm I'm like I'm gonna download it though for sure I, that's gonna happen okay yeah there's there's no doubt mm-hmm what what do you get sorted? Like that's a question Ooh, I have. That's good. I mean, I'm good. Sure, I mean they, but, or do you just like pick your house?
0: Hmm, I feel like picking your house would be such a
1: letdown. Like if you, I. But what if you get sorted wrong?
0: Oh, that wow. happened to me on
1: Pottermore. I got sorted very wrong. So, am I allowed you know, to ask what you got sorted? I'm not going to tell okay. you. I'm not going to tell.
0: <laughs> not going to tell. I, <laughs> I refuse. That's okay. That's. <laughs> At least, like, as long as there's no muggle option. <laughs> and yeah, that would just, just like, be crushing. No, sorry, you get to live, you get to build, like, a normal character and live, like, go to the grocery store and do things nope. like that. <laughs>
1: Like that we have sims for that. We have sims. Yeah, for that's that. true. That's like the muggle version. <laughs> um okay, let's see. What do we want to talk about next? I want to talk about this annihilation news which is kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff Vandermeer's novel Annihilation, which is the first in a trilogy, uh got adapted. The the, tri- the teaser trailer and the trailer are both out now. Um and there has been a bunch of like weird information coming out about them so recently they cut paramount pictures cut a deal with netflix to distribute it overseas like very soon after release um 17 days after it opens north america like it's gonna start streaming overseas which is not super normal Mm -hmm. um And there's been a bunch of back and forth about why this is. And according to Hollywood Reporter, there's like a production struggle and people are like, apparently the screen test didn't go well and they wanted to change it, but Alex Garland didn't want to change it. And then Paramount was like, well, fine, if Netflix will basically pay for the movie, we'll just cut a streaming deal. And so it's all very like back and forth and weird and roundabout. Um, And... So it's sort of already having troubles, even though it's not even out yet. And it's a tricky, it was a tricky premise to adapt anyway. Like, if you've read the book, you know that there's not a real clear plot line. There's not a clear conclusion. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Like, it's just eerie and creepy and weird, which I loved. Um, But then today, I watched the the full trailer, and it looks like they mashed up Annihilation with Jurassic Park and Alien, and like turned Uh, it into like a monster movie and now I'm just like what is going on like what has happened oh my what has happened and if you recall there was also a whitewashing issue where the main character is said in the trilogy um the biologist is said to be of Asian descent and the psychologist is uh part Native American and, like, it's not super explicit in the first book, but it is in the second book. And and so Alex Garland finally commented on this whitewashing and basically was like, well, I didn't because I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't do that. I'm paraphrasing. But his basically his statement is like, well, I wouldn't do that, so I didn't do it. And it's like, but, sir, you did. <laughs> like, you, you, it's nice that you think that you wouldn't do that, but, I, like, we have proof that you did. Um. So it's a weird statement. There's a lot of weirdness around the the movie. And I just am kind of like sitting here kind of bummed out because I really did love the book and I wanted to be excited about this movie. And it just gets, it just gets harder and harder to be jazzed about it. Like I'm going to see it, but I'm probably not going to go to the theater. Yeah,
0: I probably won't either. I mean, I haven't even read the book, so I feel like I'm not like, I feel <laughs> bad for you because you're actually, you are truly <laughs> invested in this. And I mean, this is, it's so strange. And the problem is that we, you know, we hear about this sort of news a lot more. And so uh, more times than not, it just like taints the experience Mm -hmm. before it even happens. And there's just so much going on with this. It's so weird. And it seems like the whole production is a little bit fraught. And sometimes I'm just Mm -hmm. like, can you guys like, talk to the author, like, (laughs) talk to Jeff Vandermeer, ask him, like, oh, was the what are the characters like? And even yeah. then, it's like, well, you read this book, and you could have read the next book. It wasn't like it wasn't... It sounds like it was right. out by the time... They
1: came out... I mean, I don't know when the script was drafted. I don't know that's when he true. acquired it. The books all came out within three months of each other, so they were out inside of six months. Who knows? But And I'm pretty sure that Jeff Vandermeer had, like, basically nothing to do with this movie aside from having yeah. written the book that it's based on. Like, that seems... I, I believe that that's true, um, because... I think that's what he's been, you know, talking about um, when he talks about it, which I don't think is very much. So, yeah, I mean, and it's not a surprise that Hollywood would turn a sci-fi movie into a monster action flick. Like, that's not surprising. It's just a bummer to see it get done to something that, like, could have been cool. Like, I don't know. It could have been... And Alex Garland has made good movies in the past. Like, he... His, you know, he's 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 not bad at it. so it, it, there was hope. and now I feel less hopeful. That's, yeah, that's my story about
0: annihilation the movie it did feel very much, especially with the first story like Blockbuster versus indie Flick mm-hmm. and I, I mean the one the one silver lining is that I'm glad they didn't go with um some of the changes they were about to make due to one sort of poor screening test or screen test right and they were trying to make Natalie Portman's character more likable and sympathetic and you know trying to alter the ending and give it a more mass audience appeal and as soon as I read that part I was like oh please don't tell me they did that because I'm kind of tired of like the dumbing down of movies and of stories just to make them a blockbuster. And, I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at David Ellison, but he definitely seems like somebody who's trying to make a lot of blockbusters. And this other producer, Scott Rudin, is more like the indie flick person. He did Lady Bird, uh, which came out recently and was like, you know, in, in a limited release indie flick. So I'm kind of glad at least... I don't know what this film is going to be like in the end, but at least they didn't make those changes because I don't feel like they need to make.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they say they didn't make those changes, but from the trailer, they already changed a ton of stuff. Yeah. Like the reason that Natalie Portman's character, the biologist is even going in in the first place is different from how it is in the book. Like the very sort of heart of motivation is already different. Um, so I don't know. See, I guess. <laughs> We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. Hopefully, no more news will come out to destroy. I know. It before, yeah, just like you. I don't want to hear anything else. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down. You know, reading any more stories about this. And people keep telling me you can't judge a movie by a trailer, which is true. But you can tell a little bit about a movie by its trailer. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not feeling this one. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway,
0: um do you want we should probably talk about this Buffy the Vampire Slayer middle grade book series in case we run out of oh, yeah. time cuz it sounded like something you were absolutely excited for um so yeah this is a a Buffy the Vampire Slayer middle grade book series is coming out and it's from Little Brown Books for Young Readers. And so it's going to maintain the original series themes of empowerment and independence according to this article. And it's going to be told through comics, journal entries, class notes, doodles, text messages, and other in-world artifacts. Um, as the the new series is revived for a younger audience and I admit that I was not a big Buffy watcher when it came out or later so (laughs) (laughs) I am no expert on Buffy the Vampire Slayer except I am expert on knowing what everybody else says about Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's about it
1: (laughs) Reasonable. Yeah, this got announced at the end of October, and it's been bouncing around our our um, document for a while. I am... I am curious is the word that I want to use about this. So they're going to come out in September. Um, the first one is called new school nightmare and what they've done is they've aged Buffy down. So she's now, um, I want to say 12 and, uh, she has a different watcher. Like it's not Giles. And so they're, they're like retconning the story. Um, but they're, you know, p- packaging it for a younger audience. And when I first heard about this, I was, like, super skeptical. But then I looked at the – they have these um, – they show you some of the first pages yeah. from the from the book. And I really love the art. I love the style of it. Um, I was really entertained by, you know, the start of the story. And so I'm curious. I'm super curious about how they're going to do this because Liberty and I just did a, a whole hour on Coffee, um for the Book Riot Insiders remix podcast, which is exclusive wow. to that platform. Yeah, we and that we could have kept going like we really, we could have kept going, but we cut ourselves off after a certain point. And one of the things that I was thinking of as we were talking about it is that for all its problems, and that show has a lot of problems. It is also, you know, Buffy is a complex character. She's she's got strengths and weaknesses in a lot of different ways. She grows as a person. Um she there's like there's nothing easy about her character arc and it's a really interesting story. And and one of the things that always struck me about Buffy is that It gives a girl who is otherwise kind of ordinary, like she's not the most popular girl in school. She's not the smartest girl in school. She's not the weirdest girl in school. Like she's just a girl and it gives her a heroine arc and you don't see a ton of that like it, especially in fantasy, right the chosen one is usually exceptional in some mm-hmm. way um, and I guess Harry Potter is not dissimilar right like he's not super smart he's not he he has these <laughs> powers um and so uh, so so Buffy is like you know predates that by quite a bit um and and yeah and and and, and I, I don't know she she kind of changed the game for me and I watched this show in my 20s um for the first time like she really changed how I thought about female characters um certain of her like story arcs so I would love to see that brought successfully to a younger audience now again execution like who knows but um but I did like what I saw of it so I'm I'm super curious I'll probably pick it up from the library if not um Order it ahead of time because I just really, I'm so curious. I'm so curious. I'm just really curious.
0: (laughs) I really like that they're doing like a bunch, it's not just comics, like they're doing journal entries and things like that because I am, you know, I don't know. I just really like the marginal, the marginalia in things. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really cool and that's a good idea to make it feel like, you know, you're really getting into the world, especially if people who are like kids who are in middle grade haven't really watched Buffy. Like I wonder how that experience is going to be for them. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. know if I don't know if a lot of middle grade aged kids watch Buffy or are allowed to watch Buffy, but Right, right. I don't know either. <laughs> but I remember a lot of them I well, I must have been in high school when it came out. Now I'm aging myself. So, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I might check it out. Um, especially if they bring Willow, because I know, I don't know much about Buffy, but I know she's like the witchy character. Mm -hmm. So I would totally read it for that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't, you can't tell from the preview, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, do you, should we start with our recommendations? Um, Yeah let's well let me do the Sponsor too and then we will Dive into our favorite world Building is the theme for Today's show Um, So our second sponsor is us We are doing a top 20 giveaway Uh, They are 20 books From our best books of 2017 and It runs through January 14th uh, So you have plenty Of time the book selection Is this is a really good Mm -hmm. Distribution of books and Includes uh, excellent titles that are kind of also sci fi fantasy, um, like Exit West, uh, Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Machado. There's, um, let's see what else is here. Oh, The Gauntlet by Karuna Riazzi, which is a fantasy middle grade book that came out this year. The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, which is a fantasy that came out this year. There's a lot of good stuff in here. There's a good stack. So, it is open to United States and Canada, and again, you have until January 14th to enter. So you should go to bookriot.com/slash/bookriot top twenty and twenty the numbers uh, to enter. We'll put a note in the show notes as well. But yes, go go forth and enter and maybe <laughs> win some win some of our favorite books of 2017. It's a good list. It really is
0: a good list. I'm basically going to try and catch up on 2017 with that list if I can. Yeah, it's a good way. 2017 (laughs) and 2018. Mm -hmm. Okay, so world building, which is super exciting because it's sort of my favorite part of uh, fantasy and science fiction and my first pick speaking of Leigh Bardugo in the language of thorns and the Grishaverse is the Grishaverse by Leigh Bardugo um, so Oh these yeah, times- I
1: feel like I feel like we should say real quick that I don't think you knew that she was the sponsor I did not of the know. show when you picked Yeah, it. I did not <laughs> Just know Just like for full transparency <laughs> Nothing to do with the sponsor <laughs> It has nothing to
0: do with the sponsor I saw it like a few days ago and I was like well, I'm already totally invested in this so (laughs) this is not sponsored content (laughs) no i was literally i literally just finished six of crows uh, very recently i was listening to it on audiobook and i was just completely Mm. absorbed in the world so i've mentioned here before that i love Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo and the whole of the Grishaverse is just a complete wonder of world building. I think Leigh Bardugo is a genius and I just uh, yeah, I just finished Six of Crow uh, Six of Crows, excuse me. Um, I have not read the second book in that, but I am going to get to it. I keep saying I'm going to get to the second book of Shadow and Bone too, but it takes me <laughs> forever to actually complete a series, so don't count on me. Uh, but it does start to feel like this place Ravka and the characters are real and Everything is so complex and multi layered and so well thought out. Um, and I can speak to Shadow and Bone, which follows Alina Starkov, who's a Grisha, which is a magical being who has power with abilities like healing and controlling the tides, alchemy, and that sort of thing. And Alina is taken to a sort of academy for the Grisha. And she has one of the rarest powers a Grisha can have. As does the most powerful Grisha, who's the Darkling, and she ends up tangled in this political, in these political threads because of her rare abilities, and her friendships and relationships become threatened by this society's plans for her, and the lifestyle and politics and culture are so well imagined in this story, and I think it's sort of like lightly based on uh, Russian culture and Russia historically. And then you get into Six of Crows, which follows a gang of criminals led by Kaz Brecker, who's this sort of shady, like not sort of, very shady, cryptic character <laughs> who chooses his companions very carefully. And he has this deep streak of vengeance, but you don't know quite why until you follow him through. And the crew, which includes Grisha and others who wound up in Ketterdam, which sort of like, this city reminds me of a darker version of Las Vegas. Like, way darker which is saying a lot um and the crew joins kaz on this impossible mission to break into the ice court because a nefarious new drug is being used to uh, manipulate the grisha's powers and everyone's trying to wrest control of it but we get the perspectives of almost everyone in the crew and they all have secrets and these terrible paths they're contending with as they go on this mission Uh, Which could bring in enough money to buy freedom from their various troubles. So they're going on this impossible mission for that reason. And I'm hooked on this place and these characters. I just got sucked right back in reading Six of Crows. And I mean, I'm obviously not the only one. There's a whole fan base. There's a wiki because there's just so much going on in this world. And I visited the, the Grishaverse website and you can find out which Grisha order you are. It's it's almost like a Pottermore feeling. <laughs> I didn't do it yet because I'm like, I don't know if I want to be disappointed like before I talk about this, this book. Um, but I want to try it. And uh, it's not quite as robust as Pottermore, obviously, but what is... And Hmm. I actually, I was thinking about when I, I was thinking about world building, I remember that I actually went to a panel at the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books years ago, where Leigh Bardugo was talking about world building specifically and about her process. And I recall her saying something along the lines of like, when she's world building, she needs to feel like she could imagine herself picking up a newspaper at any day in the world she's creating and she would know exactly what the headlines would say and what it would be all about. I'm not giving her conversation justice, but she was she's definitely an expert on the subject and I think it's proven in everything she writes, so I highly recommend any book from that world. I haven't read The Language of Thorns yet, but she's one of those authors I feel like I can so far give a blanket recommendation for. She's fantastic. So yeah, anything in the Grisha verse, pick it up, read it. You will be addicted, I think. <laughs>
1: Nice. Yeah. I was thinking about this question. Well, and also you picked what I was going to pick. Oh, so I'm sorry. I was thinking about this. No, it's good. You got to it first. Um, that's only fair. I was thinking about this and looking at my shelves and I was like, there's so many different ways to go about like picking your favorite world building. Like, is it the writing? Is it, you know, the, the elements? But I, I thought for my first pick, I, I thought of a series that I actually kind of want to go to that world, which is not always wow. true for me. Like there's there's definitely worlds that I enjoy reading about that I would never want to be in. Um in fact, your second pick is one of them. <laughs> yeah. And so um so I ha- I have on here the Kate Daniels books by Alona Andrews, which I believe I've mentioned before. Um the first one is Magic Bites and there are now 10 9 10 10. 10th one is coming out soon. Um... Books in the wor- in the series, like it's it's a and, and it's ongoing. It's not done yet. There's a there's at least one more. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so it is it is very well developed. Like you, she's had you know nine plus books to develop this world, and it is so. It's a concept that I had not seen before when I first picked it up. So the thing that's interesting about the Kate Daniels books is that they take place in a future America where. Technology and magic coexist side by side, but in alternating waves. So sometimes the tech is up and like your computer works and your phone works and your car works. And then sometimes the magic is up and the tech is down and none of those things work. But if you know spells, you can cast them. And if you have a magic sword, it does magic sword things like it, it, it's it. And and you don't know when it's going to switch. Um, and so like at any given moment, You could be trying to cast a spell and it's not going to work, but your phone's going to ring or vice versa, which I think is such an interesting, like, how do you live in that world? Like, how do you navigate how that world works. And and she does such a good job of thinking about those details. Like Kate, who is the heroine and is like super grouchy. She's like a classic urban fantasy heroine. Like she's very grumpy. <laughs> she also happens to be a super powerful, you know, person who I can't say why because it's a spoiler, but let's just say like her blood has magic in it. And um she's also like a like a fighter. She's a super badass warrior woman who, you know, sort of moonlights as a bodyguard slash private investigator and her car one of her cars has two engines one of them is a regular engine and the other one is like a a fancy blessed magic water engine (laughs) that you have to chant over to get it to run so like if you're in your car and you're driving along and and the tech goes down and the magic goes up you switch which engine you're using in your car it's like a hybrid but weirder (laughs) I know. So things like that. And and there are shapeshifters in this world and there are vampires in this world, but the way they work is not exactly the same as you might have seen them in other, um, series. So she has gone to a lot of like thought and trouble in building what it would be like to live in this world. And I just find it Endlessly fascinating to think about. Um, Plus, I just love, I do love the characters in these books. They've really grown on me. I think the books only get better as they go along, which isn't always true of series. Yeah, definitely not always true, but really, like, where we are now in the series is so it's so satisfying to see how far the characters have come and how far the plot has gone. Like it's really, I cannot wait for the next book. Like I am ready. I'm ready for the next <laughs> adventure. So, and I I would kind of want to like, that world sounds like an interesting one to inhabit to me. It's, it's close enough to what we already know, but different in a really fundamental way. I just, I just think it's fascinating. So that was my fantasy pick for favorite world building. That's the Kate Daniels books by Alona Andrews and the first one is Magic Bites.
0: That is like the coolest concept I've heard in a really right? long time. I'm shocked this I'm shocked nobody else has or I've never run across anything like this. Now that I've heard about it now, of course, it seems so obvious. Right.
1: You're like, oh, of course. Like, (laughs) it makes perfect sense. Like, but yeah, um, it's it's really. And she even throws it back in history. Like, okay, for a long time in history, like the magic was up all the time. And then with the Industrial Revolution, the tech came in and like smooshed the magic down. And then the balance got so unwieldy that now it's, like, fluctuating back and forth all the time. Like, she's thought it through. She's thought about it. Wow. That's cool. I might have to check those out if they're not too long. They're not long. I think they're, like couple hundred pages a piece they're not they're not like door stoppers they and they move pretty quickly because they are urban fantasy they're very plotty yeah like 260 pages oh, okay that's not bad I have mass, so in reading. mass market no less so you know shorties they're 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 manageable that's good i just have so much reading to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean, it's just too much um mm-hmm. okay so for my science fiction pick and I know it's a favorite of Jen's as well. The Broken Earth Trilogy by N.K. Jemison. I mean, I hope everybody has read this series, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. And I should say uh, there's a trigger warning for violence against children. I don't get too much into it here. But um, if you're reading the book, there is a lot. It spits pretty dark at some points. Um, so, yeah, we both love N.K. Jemison's work and... I had to recommend it. Uh, Jemison was debating geology with Margaret Atwood (laughs) at the first Book Riot Live, and she could speak on it because she got so deep in the research for this story. Like, that was sort of, I think that might have been the point where I was like, I have to read these books because... She obviously knows what she's talking about. She must really have a complex story and a lot of world building going on, which, again, is one of my favorite things. So when the story opens, the world is literally falling apart. The Earth is going through these destructive phases, and it has been historically, it cracks, it quakes, it shifts, and opens volcanic rifts with such frequency and figure that civilizations are kind of mobile. But in this world, there are origins, and origins have the power to subdue the Earth's core. And Even though, or rather because the lives of all hang on their abilities, they're treated like dangerous tools and they're manipulated and controlled by this society that fears and even loathes them even as they count on them. Uh, so three of the oppressed are Demaya, a young girl who's taken from her really miserable home life to undergo the also miserable training process for origins. Yeah. Like the scenes where she's heading to the school or, Ugh. you know, more like detention center are heartbreaking. Like, mm. I was like, am I going to be able to stick it out? Like, <laughs> I feel horrible, but you should stick it out. Um, and then there's Cyanite who's sent on a mission with this kind of insufferable but powerful origin, and Essun, who goes in search for her daughter after coming home to discover her son murdered and her daughter missing. Um, so, yeah, that's there's, a, there's so much hard stuff in here. And yeah. you mentioned before that the women in the story are really, like, bad you-know-what. Mm-hmm. They're so awesome, and I cannot agree more. I think that's why I'm really pulled into a story by a strong female character, like, just, I've always been that way. I need to have that in whatever I read, and this book just gave me that. This series gave me that. They go to hell and back, these women, and the strength they exhibit on the page is off the chart, so bonus to your world-building joys, and everything in this world, Jemison Pilt, seems like it could be, like, that's sometimes the frightening thing for me with Some science fiction books where I'm like, oh, no, like if our world was undergoing, I could see this like down to the caste systems because you Mm -hmm. see like stuff like this happening in our world. And it's the details about the world that make you realize how great the effect of these seasons or disasters are on its people and the political and cultural systems are built around the volatility of the earth because, of course, they'd have to be, um, but they're just really well thought out. And this book has appendices. So like, that usually sim- <laughs> that signals complex, rich world building to me, even though I rarely look at the glossaries and appendices. But one of them is a catalog of prior fifth seasons, and the other one is a glossary of commonly used terms in this world. So super nerds rejoice. Um,
1: <laughs> and if you haven't picked up this book yet,
0: I really, really recommend you do because it's fantastic.
1: I want to take a minute to talk about what it is because it's interesting. If I, had, if I had picked it, I might have picked it as my fantasy pick and not my sci-fi pick. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's, I feel, I feel like it's a hard one to categorize.
0: Yeah, the geology part of it, I think, is the part that maybe, but there isn't that much science around the geology. Like, I don't remember it being scientifically discussed. So maybe... You're correct.
1: I mean, there is there is a bunch of technology in the book for sure. Like when um, there's a moment where Cyanite and Alabaster, who's the like insufferable but powerful origin she's traveling with, are going around to these nodes where they have um, children like hooked up to oh, yeah. machines and help them like you know keep the quakes down. And and there's like wires and cables and sort of almost like a life support system, right? Like it's weird and gross and horrible. Um, um so there is technology in the books but then also like the power that the origins have As the series goes on, you learn about you learn more about where it comes from. But especially in the first book, it's just kind of like it is just kind of. That's
0: true. That's true. I mean, it could be science fantasy. Like there is so many. Yes, yes, it's true. Genre is like my the bane of my existence. (laughs) To be honest, like especially with science fiction and fantasy. I know I'm totally going off tangent, but. Like, there are so many little subcategories, and so many of them meld into each other like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'll just say it's science fantasy <laughs> yeah yeah
1: no I I like don't object to the classification it's just interesting to me because you could I think you could argue it either way depending on which aspects of the story you focus the most on yeah so yeah it's interesting it's interesting okay so my sci-fi pick is a hard sci-fi pick I I went like very very well I couldn't help but pick this series it's the Machineries <laughs> of Empire series by Yoon Ha Lee um, the two two of the three books are out, Nine Fox Gambit and Raven's Stratagem. Oh my goodness. I read them both for the first time this year and I became obsessed. Like <laughs> I could not stop talking about them because it is just such a bonkers, like brain splitting world that he has created. It's just, it's nuts. Um, so the organizing principle Of this world, like, the way everything works, like, the way literally the universe performs is organized around calendars, and the calendar is dictated by this governing body called the Hexarchate, and they're, like, rebels are, like, trying to use their own calendar, and when the two calendars collide, it creates, like, weird overlap, and suddenly the world doesn't work the way it's supposed to do, and things get melty and weird, and weapons only work in one version of the other, and it's super bizarre. Um, And the main character, Kel Cheris is a captain in the military, and she is, like, sent into battle against heretics, and the only way to win is to use sort of, like, non-approved tactics, and in this world, like, that's, like, she's basically setting herself to get self-set up to get court-martialed. Um, and she knows it, and she does it anyway, because she's like, well... It, it's very groupthink like my life is just a cog in the wheel and what's more important is that we win this battle so i'm going to do it and then expect to probably get executed but it's fine whatever <laughs> um she's like very self-sacrificing and so so she wins the battle and she like expects to get summoned and she does but instead they're like so we need you for this weirdo mission where we're gonna put a ghost inside of your body and he is also a traitor and is also a psychopath and is also a genius strategist and like you're gonna go fight this other battle (laughs) and she's like oh okay (laughs) um here we go so it's It sounds magical, but it is very science-y in that sort of like, what's the weirdest possible version of science you can think of? Then get weirder. Like, that's the kind of sci-fi that this is. So it's spaceships, it's space, it's like, you know, big interplanetary gun battles and, you know, strange like nuclear-ish weapons and you know, really complicated politics, like really complicated politics. Um, And you start to find out all of these awful things about the Way that the universe is structured and why it's structured that way. And you find out more about Jadao, who's the ghost that is possessing her, except for that, like there's a science way that she gets possessed, so it's not magic. Right. <laughs> um, like there's science, there's science around all of this inside of the book. So that's what makes it sci-fi, right? Is if internally it's like, nope, this is how the world works. Um so yeah. It's just so mind bending. And then the second book, which I can't really say anything about because yeah. it's spoilers for the first book. It, it You spend the whole book being like, but wait, <laughs> like, there's, but wait, you're not telling me the thing that I most need to know about what's happening on the page and you're left guessing and it is excruciating and also so fun. Um, And it's weird to call a series that includes, like, this amount of torture and battle and, like, you know, psychopaths and weirdness in it fun. But I really got so sucked into it and I couldn't put it down and I was so engaged. Um, I would not want to live in this world for the record. Like, you could not pay me to live in this world? Absolutely not. But I am waiting for the third book. I cannot wait for it. Like, I really need to know what is going to happen next and a big part of that is just how complex and different and fascinating of a world Yun ha lee has created like it's just freaking fascinating so yeah i i i this was the book that just kind of blew my mind in terms of how unlike anything else that i had read it was so, yeah, that is the Machineries of Empire series by Yoon Ha Lee. First book is Nine Fox Gambit. Second book is Raven Stratagem. And the third one is called Revenant Gun, and it is coming out in 2018. It looks like June 2018. So we have, we have a little waiting to do, but, but you know, it's, it's winter. You can start now. It's fine.
0: I can tell. I'm going to hear you screaming all the way from your... once you get the hopefully you get like the an arc of it or
1: something oh i should i should really email them and be like look at all these times i've talked about your books like please can i get a galley please that would be such an incredible galley brag oh my god i I can't even like don't expect me to come to work that day yeah (laughs) see you later
0: (laughs) well that's it for us and thanks so much for listening and you can, of course, as usual, email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. And please do review us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. We'd love to hear what you think, and it helps people find us. And you can find me online um, at Instagram at Szynab williams S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And Jen, what about you?
1: I am on mostly Tumblr. It's jenirl.tumblr.com, and that's Jen with two N's.
0: And we'll talk to you later. Happy reading. Happy reading.